I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I wrote for luck and they sent me you, everybody. Welcome to the Football Ramble. Palace punished Everton and Jose Mourinho beat Sari in the derby. It's Monday, 21st of March. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Lassie Watson. Oi, oi, oi. Everybody's second favourite scandalous Scandi is here. Hello. That's you, I can tell you the vibe is raucous this morning (laughs) in the studio, in the office. It's as as lively as I've been on a Monday morning for a long time. I'm enjoying it so far. A Lars a day helps you work, rest and banter, as the old slogan said. It's a very very cumbersome slogan. (laughs) It doesn't scan at all, but it's worth remembering. (laughs) Needs another draft, at least. I've, I've been meaning to talk to you, Marcus Speller. Why are you choosing now to do this? Well, because I had a dream, and I think we should start off on oh, this first. Bloody no. I had a dream. We'll get to the football in a bit, everybody. Yeah, yeah, just before the weekend, I had a dream yeah. in which inexplicably I was doing a live show with you guys, which feels like a promotion I haven't really earned, but that was happening. Yes. But every time I opened my mouth, I said something catastrophically unfunny. Oh, right. And it just kept happening. It was, And then at one point, you broke out a guitar, and you were playing a very nice song. <laughs> Surely like, an Oasis in a, number. No, no, a very sort of tender singer-songwriter thing. Okay. Yet I kept interjecting at the worst possible moments, mm. trying to be funny, and failing completely. Okay. And, and it's, it's, it just didn't stop. It went on mm. for so long. Well, I suppose people will think, you know, by the end of this podcast, has he learned his lesson? Well, this yeah. is the thing. Like, <laughs> I just want to put that out there. That's the kind of pressure I'm living with here. Yeah. Well, you've just thrown a load of pressure on yourself. Yes. Jim and I were going to give you a clean slate today. Mm. I've lived that. And it's exactly as bad as you've been. Yeah, this is what I'm thinking. Mm. It's awful. Uh Absolutely awful. Did I save you with a guitar, though? (laughs) Don't remember that happening. Okay. 
Yeah. Only for you to catastrophe again dramatically yeah. undermine the efforts of the guitar. Yeah. Just, <laughs> just fuck off, Lars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go home. You don't even go here. Oh. Were you getting heckled in the dream? I was. Yeah, awful. Oh, blimey. Blimey, O'Reilly. Everybody. Well, Lars, let's hope that it's not one of those uh, performances today. And I don't think it is. I'm sure people will be delighted to hear that you're on today's podcast. You get an, always a, a rapturous uh, reception, as if you were Nottingham Forest playing at the City Ground uh, very in good. the quarterfinal. Yeah, there we go. Oh, oh my God, Cup. what a pro. <laughs> I know. There was a rapturous reception. It was well, a great, great what, atmosphere. It was a great atmosphere. Klopp said it, it felt like a European night mm. in Nottingham. And then did he not also add on, I know they haven't had a European night here for a while. I hope he did. And it was like, Jürgen, I'm pretty sure he said that. I was like, there's no need for that. Yeah. But well, uh, they, were, they were big rivals at one time, a very long time ago. But Klopp knows his history. At a he knows the fabric time. of the club, doesn't he? So I like to think he might have got like a little dig in there for the over 60s well he said that he, I mean you say he knows his history he said before the game that he'd only known the city from um, watching Robin Hood as a kid and right. not, Forest fans a few I Forest fans I saw people were not happy about that yeah but he didn't say the club he said the city the specifically city. Oh, yeah, yeah. the city I mean do you know anything about Nottingham the city Lars I saw the cartoon yeah in whatever cartoon <laughs> yeah. that was Jim I don't, you know it, it's, yeah. let's just go straight to that uh, Philip uh, <laughs> Zinkenagel chance because the my goodness, oh, it could have been oh so different for Forrest. It, it had a big sort of press the wrong button on FIFA vibe, didn't it? Yes, yes. it he did. He went for yes. the pass instead of the yeah, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, too many short passes in the build-up, and you yeah. just muscle memory. You just sort of get you went for it, and you passed to the outside. Yeah. You're absolutely right with that description, and and, and also that when the ball came over, you're thinking stick the ball in that area. Mm-hmm. Yes, you've got it, and as the ball just <laughs> ever so slightly goes slightly under him, you think. Oh, what are you going to do? Oh, no. Yeah. You have to take your chances against Liverpool when you are Real Madrid. Yeah. <laughs> so you're Forest yeah. and you do, you're taking the piss there. Oh, it, 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 it's such a shame as well. And then, of course, Jota scores um, straight after that. I mean, they did have other moments as well. Uh, Ryan Yates had a, a, had a header late on, didn't he? Mm. But also, when he went round Allison. And he leaves his foot in. Obviously, you can see what he's trying to do. Yeah. Now, in an age of VAR, that's that's a little bit silly, but you know it has worked for one or two people. I thought he could have got the ball. He could have. And I also think this is one of those things that the referees have kind of been told to look out for. I'm yeah. not sure if that's yeah. just PGML, if it plays with the cups well. But there was a thing in the summer where, mm-hmm. you know, on penalties, look for not just if there's contact, but if it actually has an effect, if it actually fouls the guy. Yeah. So just leaving your foot in like that. I mean, he does play in the championship, but they don't have a VAR. It was very interesting listening to the radio, hearing two ex-pros saying mm. they thought it was a penalty. Did they? Yeah, because I think... Who, who were they? Jürgen Klinsmann? It was, it was <laughs> Stephen... Is Stephen Kelly and, and 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 Glenn Murray for some reason? Oh right, okay. yeah, strange lineup, but there yeah. they were. Uh, and uh, yeah, Na- Neymar would have thought it was a penalty. Yeah, but I just think it's the kind of I think that has been a penalty very often. I, I think for a very long time in situations like that, the ref will go, "Ah, he touched him, he touched him." But, I, but there is a real consciousness now towards like not just has someone touched mm. you in the box, in which case you're allowed to flop over, yeah. but has someone <laughs> actually fouled you yes. in the box? And those are different things. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and actually, it's I think. In that situation, perhaps the kind of forensic analysis analysis that's being applied to handball would probably mm-hmm. be quite useful. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever flopped over in the box, Jim? Can't say I have. If someone's touched you there. And it does come back to my thing about penalties: is that I think they're bad. I think all pen. I think they're, they're as the as the young people in the gaming world, which yeah. I'm very familiar with. I'm as you know, you are. Yeah. It's op. Right. Penalties okay. are overpowered. Like it, it's just the idea that any foul in the box uh, needs to be a penalty, which basically gives you a sort of seventy-eight percent chance of a goal. Mm-hmm. 
it, it causes a lot of strange behaviour because it's such a valuable thing to get. Sure. And, and it really encourages... And I'm not saying you, in this situation, if you had fouled them, obviously, you know, but it makes players and they grow up thinking any contact in the box, you've got to go down because if you do win a penalty, well, it's is, a huge win for your yeah, career. I, I think point. it's a handy lesson in that, you know, life isn't fair and penalties <laughs> reflect that. Yeah, I mean, this is the opposite end, the extreme opposite end to, to the, um, the, the very uh, historical club, Corinthian Casuals, who... Many, many years ago, of course, uh, if they gave away a penalty, the goalkeeper would stand to one side and let the penalty taker slot it down the middle because and they felt that I, if you gave away a penalty, well, then that's your problem and it, you might as well just... Mm, didn't they, not didn't might as well, I, but I, they felt... I'm all for nominative determinism, but I feel like that's taking it too far. I mean, yeah. that is too casual. <laughs> right. Uh, you you got to put some oomph into it. Exactly. <laughs> Incidentally, Leo Messi had that penalty against him and he hit it over the bar one time. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel that... The, that your debate on penalties will kind of rage on with it, with the young people, but it's good to know that you've represented them today. Hashtag OP. As you often do. Penalties OP. Uh, the, the enjoyably named Cafu also had They a need a nerf. They do. Penalties need to get nerfed. <laughs> Stop it I've now. Been in, I've been on the internet. There are people yeah. above 30 listening to podcasts <laughs> yeah, and I demand yeah. you respect them, okay? Yeah, fair enough. Uh, me as well. Um, uh, yeah, so Forrest did have a few moments though, uh, uh, Jim, but I mean, yeah, Liverpool are Liverpool, aren't they? They are. Um, and, and, and they managed to, to get through. And the quadruple's on. They're in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. The Premier League title race is well and truly on. They're one point behind Manchester City. They're in the semi-finals of the FA Cup. They've already got the League Cup in the bag. Mm. But, of course, Manchester City, they have a chance to win the treble as well. Only one English side have ever done uh, the treble. Of course, Manchester United in 99. They didn't do it in 2008. Eight, would it have been? City might argue that they did a domestic treble. I never said the domestic treble. I said the treble. But I'm saying that they might Careful, because you're going to encroach on Danny Murphy territory when they won the treble at Liverpool that season Mm -hmm. in 2001. But um, with Manchester City and and, and Liverpool going into it, neither they both can't win the treble. No, they can't. And it's tempting. This sort of happens often, doesn't it? Mm. Around this point in the season, there's someone like going great guns. And you think, oh, could they actually do it? And it's tempting to just say no, because it's really hard <laughs> and <laughs> someone comes up short. But the, the way Liverpool play, mm. they are, they're capable of winning any type of game. Mm. And we've, yeah. we've seen that all season. So mm. I do. I do wonder if actually that they're they're capable of it. I've been saying all season I think that they'll win the Champions League and not really seen anything to suggest that that's wrong. I know they lost mm-hmm. to Inter at home, but you know it was in circumstances where they were still sort of in control of that. Well, we've seen that before when a team goes away from home and they win fairly comfortably, mm. and they you know it's a good mm. score and they they come home and they can be a bit sloppy, but they're, they're through and they both play each other. Of course, Lars in the semi final. Yeah, and and I want to call this now like as the resident Europhile. I'm the person who would normally not say this because I, I like to think I'm immune to the Premier League hype machine and like everything's <laughs> always a bit better on the continent, really, when you, you think about you it. And your game yeah, but to be fair, the, the Premier League hype... Think a bit differently, do yeah. The but, Premier League hype machine, though, is in full flow in Norway. But Yeah, but what the point I want to make is that I don't think there is any debate at all right now that Liverpool and Man City are the best two clubs in the world right now. Yeah. Well, Chelsea are the best team in the world. Well, obviously, aside from that. But and I mean, if you, look, if you look around Europe... You know, I, I don't think there's much doubt. I mean, you, you can make, no, a, case, you can make right. a case for Bayern, but they're having a slightly weird one defensively. I mean, maybe we can chat about that in a different podcast on this network. Oh, yeah. But what I'm saying is, uh, from the Europhile perspective, yes. No, I think Man City and Liverpool are the best two teams in the world currently. I agree with and, you. And uh, so I think they'll go over. So it, it is kind of a shame that they get, that that's the semi-final in the FA Cup, really. Is I feel it, like it, I feel like it should have been the final. Actually, I, don't, I, don't, I disagree because I think it increases Crystal Palace's it chances does. That, that is just true. by like... A, 0.5% or something like that. It keeps yeah. the dream alive. And by the way, if you are not a Man City, Liverpool or Chelsea fan, 
or a Brighton. No, bollocks. Even if you are a Brighton fan, you should all be supporting Crystal Palace. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Even if you think, oh, I'd quite like to see Liverpool win a treble. If they win the FA Cup, in a way, everyone wins the FA Cup. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Exactly right. But of course, uh, uh, Liverpool are, are playing um, uh, Manchester City. Just a quick mention, of course, um, we said this on, on, on Friday, and it was a nice touch at the City Ground. 97 seats were left vacant to honour those who lost their lives at Hillsborough when, of course, the two sides met in 1989. So, n- nice touch from the City Ground there uh, and all those involved. Um, but yes, as I said, Liverpool will play Manchester City because they uh, ended up beating Southampton 4-1. Uh, fairly, it ended up being sort of fairly standard stuff, although um, Southampton gave them a little bit of a... a a tall order to begin with but yeah. I mean Southampton have drawn twice with Man City in the league yeah and I, I feel for Hasnotel and Southampton a bit because the first two goals they conceded were so unnecessary mm. like the first with the, the defender Stevens just kind of uh, you know Having having a severe emotional incident, I think, in the box. So whatever happened with him there, that was a strange uh, way to behave for a centre half when you're playing Man City. Yeah. And then you give away a stupid penalty as well. And it's like you're already up against it when you're playing like yeah. the Death Star. Uh, and then of course, to, you know, so we don't get angry letters from City fans. We should mention the quality of the last two goals. Was indeed, in- yeah. unbelievable. Indeed. Like, indeed. <laughs> Yeah, Foden's was was beautiful. Yeah, yeah no, you, you you are absolutely right. Yeah, don't buy a billionaire a gift sort of thing. You know, don't like let, let, give them a penalty. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I did quite like it. Guardiola called Southampton one of the best, most organised teams that we face all season. Now, to be fair, like I say, they have drawn against them twice in the league, but he's often uh, forthcoming with praise after yeah. they're just beaten aside. And Klopp did that a little bit with Forrest uh, when he said they were cheering every tackle they put in. He went, oh, I do like this. But I think there's something to... Like you said, it was clear that Forrest played in a sort of energetic way that Klopp believes this is how football should be played. So basically, yeah. If Whereas you play I, their, into their ideologies, they're, they're, they'll yeah. go for it. Klopp speaks like a fan quite often. Yeah. yeah. Whereas nice you say that about Guardiola and it's true, but he praises teams that kind of do things the way he likes it. Yeah, of course, and, of course, and, yeah. and, and Southampton are are clearly a very well-coached team and, mm. and often come across as more under some of their parts and you know they press in certain mm-hmm. areas and you know, Hasnotl seems like a good coach and all this sort of thing. Yeah. But again, yeah, if you're Southampton and you're playing Man City, uh-huh. if you have a great day and everything goes right, you'll still probably lose because you're playing Man City. Mm-hmm. But you know, everything needs to go your way. That's right. And you can't be like conceding the gold. And it just doesn't, you know. yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely spot on. <laughs> uh, and, uh, of course, in the other side of the draw, it'll be Crystal Palace versus uh, Chelsea. Uh, I mean, my goodness, Crystal Palace, what a what a performance at Selhurst Park, Jim. 4-0 uh, against Everton. They were at their scintillating best. They were. They'd just they love it, didn't they? Yes. It's just pressure-free at Crystal Palace. Yeah, I, mean, I think it's probably the most fun team to play for in the Premier League. That's a big shout. It is. That is but a I've bit... shouted it. Yeah, but you... Lars, are you going to shout well, that I'm or whisper like, it? I am more like, I, I'm sort of in awe about how quickly they've gone from being arguably the least interesting team in the league to watch, which, to be fair, I think they were for a period under mm-hmm. Hodgson, to one of the, like, I look forward to watching them now. It's a bit of a switch, isn't it? And, and having that three, I mean, I'm so glad to see him on the pitch and playing well, seeing it better as a back here, because he's always had a really yeah. bad time with injury. Yep. But he's like an incredibly entertaining player to watch when he's on song. If you add him and Michael... Oh, yeah, like, have, totally. Have him and Michael uh, and Michael Elisa... With and, Zaha and, in and there. Wolf Zaha. Yeah. Like, yeah. The total too. incredible vibes. Yeah, like, yes. Those three in particular is like, that's a really fun team. Oh my God. Like, I mean, even if, if you're not a fan, you'd, you'd buy tickets for that. Well, most sides will... Well, okay. Some sides will have one of those types of players. They've got three, which yeah, is, which is full of vibes. And as you say, Gallagher's there to kind of press, provide if, the hustle. If they, if they if they lose the ball, maybe you can sort of mop up like yeah. Piatti can as well. But they were absolutely superb. And when the second goal went in, which was a great move, you saw the way Vieira celebrated. 
He was just like, yes, this is exactly what we planned. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think that. Actually. Yeah, but yeah, it, it, it really, it really, you can see it's all coming to fruition. It's yeah. all being played out. And great goal from from Gay as well. Uh, after being called up for the England squad, you know, marvelous moment for him. But it was glorious. I mean, I know Everton; they had a couple of moments, but really, they were piss poor. I mean, there's no two ways about that. And and. I, you do worry for them. I mean, Frank Lampard, um, all his bones were intact in this game. Well, apart from the one that was previously broken, maybe that was mm. the problem. But he accused his players of lacking the bollocks to perform at the required level, Jim. Now, that is the kind of thing a coach says if they inevitably are coming to the end of their reign because they've lost the dressing room, it's not going well, and so on and so forth. Lampard's not been there that long. Is that telling, though? Is well, that calling it now? Well, I, I know they've they've struggled a bit, but what do you? Gone what, by May. But what do you think of that? I mean, saying? well, he said we didn't play that badly today. Palace didn't play that well. It was a lack of confidence and a lack of what I said. It wasn't tactics. Mm. Um, he blamed the scheduling. Says the coach. <laughs> yes, indeed. He blamed the scheduling. He said they should have played at three or four o'clock. Uh, he blamed Alan's suspension and the previous way the coaches have managed the squad. I mean, this looks quite desperate <laughs> already. Isn't it? What are your thoughts on that, Jim? Do I think it's Marco Silva's fault? <laughs> Probably not. How many previous coaches well, uh, are no, blaming yeah, like Big Sam here? <laughs> Is it Howard Kendall's fault? <laughs> I want you to answer that. But, no. but, but Lars, what do you think of this? Slightly because... alarmed by this absence of bollocks. I mean, I hope he's speaking metaphorically here because, I mean, surely the team showed a significant testicular fortitude to come back and get a win against Newcastle, they I did. thought. So the bollocks were certainly present. Uh-huh. Now, the concern is if they had some sort of a collective sort of neutering session mm. in the area between the time between that would have been very bad uh, as a strategy. Yes, you don't don't uh, neuter your players. But you can. But with Lampard kind of coming out with this sort of stuff, this is the kind of thing that that the that Jose Mourinho would sort of do yeah. at a certain time when it when it's all kind of going on and it's beginning to unravel. As I say, he hasn't been there that. But long. it's a message to the players, really, isn't it? But is it it's the like, right message? Because well, players nowadays, it's a helpful message. Well, I'm going to say, well, <laughs> it's not constructive criticism, isn't it? Say so you're mentally weak. You're like, eh? that's that's like something you are. That's not something you can do differently. I think this is one of those cases of of. If he could do that interview again with a bit of time to reflect sure. after the, you know, rather than do it straight after a mm. game when you've been pumped 4 0 and, and you're speaking with emotion, that he would, you know, he would probably phrase everything differently. But they did show, as you say, testicular fortitude to come back <laughs> um, and win the game against Newcastle. And then that's just evaporated, isn't it? So, it's like, the that's, that's, yeah, exactly. It's like an absolute castration of a performance. Yeah, the Friday castration, but, you got to take it off the schedule. <laughs> but unhelpful. But that must be maddening for Lampard, right? Mm. Because the, all that momentum is gone. Like, that win over Newcastle, aside from the points on the board, which are, of course, the most important thing, is. Irrelevant now in yeah. terms of in in terms of their self image really, mm-hmm. and th- it must just be absolutely maddening. It must be, yeah. I mean, I, I did find it interesting when he said Palace didn't play that well. I thought to myself, okay, you can criticise your squad, but I mean, don't say that because Palace looked pretty good to me. Yeah. Vieira stressed um, to keep everybody's feet on the ground. It's just one step forward for us because that step does take them to Wembley, uh, and and it, they will face Chelsea. I mean, my my question is uh, now though, of course, will he do an Alan Pardew hip wiggle? at Wembley given the chance I think the odds on that would be very long yes okay well, we'll, we'll take that but they're going to play Chelsea uh, uh, Chelsea beat Middlesbrough 2-0 the, uh, the, we always have to call it don't we if, if a bigger side goes away to a championship side 2-0 a professional job a professional lad. job they handled the circumstances <laughs> well and all that well, in, in fairness I mean I hate to say the friends in fairness to Chelsea I mean it's, it's not really in vogue is it to be fair to Chelsea <laughs> I have 
a modicum of sympathy for the players and the coach who are kind of stuck in this sort of very odd situation with all these stories that's none to do with the football side of it. Yep. And th- they are playing football in the middle of all this. That is certainly a thing that's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. So I think that's probably... You look at the draw in, in the semi-finals, obviously Liverpool, uh, Liverpool, Man City, it's probably the best draw that Palace could have hoped for, Jim. I mean, you know, they're just based on the league table and as we said earlier yeah. about Liverpool and Man City. Yeah, I guess so. But you, it's, it's, that's give them a, a fine margin, isn't it? They've got a chance for sure. <laughs> I mean, this is, again, this is part of the character of Palace, isn't it? They like to bloody noses, as we said the other day. Yeah. So I think actually... They won't care about the name they're playing. They will mm-hmm. enjoy the occasion. Well, and of course, I think they do have a chance. Yeah, I, I don't think it's completely cut and dried. And and you're right. I think against City or Liverpool, I might not think that as much. Although they like playing Liverpool, don't they? So for sporting integrity, though, empty stadium at Wembley for the semi final. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. So it's only fair. Yeah, half empty. Yeah, I, I I they've I, shown I, that they can go to a ground and with with not many of their supporters and win. So yeah, I, I don't know. Pal, I don't know that many Palace fans, but if if they do enjoy bloodying noses, I mean. Getting to the semi-final is great. Listening to Frank Lampard after the game, possibly even better. Yes. <laughs> Most motivational man, Frank Lampard, going on. I've got the bollocks. That's, that's a fair comment. All right, everybody, we're going to have a quick break, and after which we'll talk about some Premier League action. See you in a moment. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome to Eureka, the show that gets under the skin of science in a good way. I'm Rick Edwards. And I'm Dr. Michael Brooks. Not the kind of doctor who'd be able to help much if you were having like a heart attack. But if you're wondering about quantum physics or the theory of matter, he's your man. Well, probably. Every week we're asking a new puzzling question from the world of science and discovering the answer with the help of a world-leading expert. Like, will we ever talk to animals? They are definitely talking. You know, that's, again, a word that I would qualify because we usually mean that vocally. But in their own ways, they're talking to us every single day. Are face transplants the future of cosmetic surgery? Given that range of what's considered attractive, there's probably no point wanting to change your face to be more attractive if you follow science. And should we fear an alien invasion? If an imperialistic drive brings... Uh, other civilizations to us, then obviously it's not good news. But if it's scientific exploration, it may be good news. 
If you're interested in learning a little bit more about the weird, magnificent world around us, then this is the show for you. Eureka. Subscribe now and find us on Twitter at EurekaPod. New episodes every Wednesday. Eureka is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Average performance, average cup tie, in that we allowed them to win 4 0. Welcome back to the Football Rabble, everybody. Oh, they allowed them to win. It's 4-0. not ideal, is it? How? If, if that's an average cup tie for yeah. you, then. Well, you, you can't have played that many cup games because mm. if that's what always happens, then you don't go very far. Yeah. He um, was, it was like he was adding up the score on his head <laughs> in that pause, wasn't it? How very generous of you, Frank. Uh, right then, uh, we've got a four to score update, everybody. Let's see how we got on in Betway's four to score in the week. An entry to Betway's four to score is free each week. Pick the first goal scorer in Betway's four selected matches for your chance to win the weekly £50,000 jackpot. Make sure your selections are submitted before the first game. Further T's and C's apply. In game one, Crystal Palace versus Everton. Vish picked Connor Gallagher. Of course, it was Mark Gay. Uh, in game two, uh, Leicester City versus Brentford. Jim picked James Madison. It was, of course, Timothy Castagna. Madison did score, but it wasn't the first goal. Southampton versus Manchester City. Luke picked Raheem Sterling, and the result was Raheem Sterling. Well done, big Lukey Moore. In game four, Spurs versus West Ham. I picked Son Heung-Ming. Now, the first goal scorer was, he was technically a Kurt Zuma on goal, so it goes to the next goal, which was Son Heung-Min. So I was correct, Jim. You were. Two out of four. It's all right. That's equaled our best. And also because Madison scored, I, I want, firstly, I want some credit for that. No. Um, but like, you know... That, that counts as well, right? I think, does that does that mean this is our best? Two out of four, we fail. Oh. You've got to get four out of four. It's win or nothing. Um, You've changed. So, <laughs> but Betway haven't. Uh, and uh, it's not a bad show and gives us a bit of confidence going in uh, to the next round of four to score, which will be on the preview show uh, this Friday. Okay, everybody, time for emails. You know it, you gotta His ears pricked yeah. up after that little ditty, didn't it? Surprisingly long jingle. Yeah. <laughs> Absolute sex music, isn't yeah. it? That's what I like that it took, the, it took the mood down to a slightly more yeah. sort of tranquil level. Indeed, Absolutely. yeah. All ready for the emails. <laughs> Callum Potts has been in touch, and I hope he appreciates that. He says, Hello, um, Callum. Hello. Your Friday Alan McGregor cod liver oil bath chat brought back painful memories Again. of the game I played last year as part of Vermont's worst Sunday league team. Oh, appropriate as for if, the music. As if yeah. playing us in a side regularly getting thumped by 10 wasn't bad enough, one opposition striker had clearly taken this trick to heart. However, this man had prepared for the game. You could smell him coming from at least five feet away. Marking him was the sensory equivalent of diving open mouth through diaper bins. Oh. You could tell where he'd been making his runs from by the fetid heat maps that lingered for several seconds after he <laughs> passed through to top it all off and a decent explanation for his aggressive pungency he somehow started the game already unpleasantly moist on an otherwise dry day needless to say he was not closely marked all night and we suffered another heavy defeat oh man horrendous a dirty strike horrendous canny strategy yeah it it is isn't it uh huh was it Francesco Potti (laughs) (laughs) couldn't tell me mate (laughs) Lars you've got an email oily forward um (laughs) It's good. Uh, we've got an email from Ed Ritter, who, who writes in to say that uh, Inter Miami Beckham FC, which really should be their full name, yeah, let's yeah, be honest, yeah. Inter Miami Beckham FC for the 2022 MLS season, 
One point from four games. Ten goals conceded, two goals scored. Lost uh, to the team that finished bottom of the league for the last three seasons this weekend by a score of 3-1 with the only goal from Miami scored, a penalty. Sinking ship. Oh, Yeah, lose, losing to Cincy, uh, not good. I, I feel like... The, so, you guys, with the MLS, as we all know, yeah. they have the whole wage parity thing. Like, mm. everyone can spend the same amount. Mm. Except for Inter-Miami, who have been penalised for shenanigans, administrative shenanigans last year. Yep. So, actually... Being in a bit of a poor state to begin with, it's now become harder for them. So yes. I think as much as we like to to have a giggle at Fizzer, uh, <laughs> he's been dealt a difficult uh, hand of cards this season. Yeah. Which to me makes it all the funnier. <laughs> I mean, if you think about you know Chelsea, obviously financial woes, mm. you could call them uh, at the moment. Thomas, shenanigans. Shenanigans. Thomas Tuchel has been quite statesman-like. He's yes. been, is this what we think Fizzer will suddenly do it into Miami, Jim? I mean, he said recently about Gonzalo Higuain, who I think scored the penalty. It was uh, it was certainly an, an Higuain. I didn't check which one. Um, Phil Neville said uh, of, of Higuain, he has to perform. He has to stand up and score. Yeah, I mean, that's... Maybe he's on like a group chat with Frank Lampard where they sort of exchange <laughs> ideas from motivational yeah. speech. Just say, uh, you got to show the, you know, show your bits and run around and it'll be fine. Yeah. I've had a thought, win. <laughs> yeah. Men kick football. Uh-huh. So Goal. I think, I think, I think Inter Miami are going to be fine because as well, what's great is, is what, what the great, one of the best things about supporting a football team is winning cup finals. And when Inter Miami play poorly, suddenly every game becomes every like Every game a cup is a final. cup final to so make really the playoffs. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sensible strategy uh, from Old Fizzer. Um, there we are. Get it your... would definitely save them from relegation. I'd you know say so. Much. I'd say so. Uh, <laughs> factually Keep speaking. Keep them up. <laughs> Get your questions in for Pep Talks on Wednesday uh, to show at footballramble.com or tweet us at footballramble for all this kind of nonsense. Right, gentlemen, to the Premier League. Spurs 3, West Ham 1. A huge win for Spurs in the race for the top four. Antonio Conte yes. said their nine remaining league games are all all cup finals. They're also cup finals. I mean, it's Fizzer-esque stuff. I mean, else. again, if you knew anything about Tottenham's recent history, he would know that that is not the thing to say. I mean, they're... Oh, I mean, we remember Robbie Keane the, 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 the worry, worry is that Harry Kane will take this to heart and just not perform at all in <laughs> yes. any of those games. Always oh, a dig. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it was a good win for Spurs, uh, Jim. It's, it's a, obviously a sort of a derby match against mm-hmm. West Ham. West Ham... I would say were buzzing after their Europa, Europa League game. They were absolutely knackered after absolute their Europa, shot, yeah. Europa League game. Yeah, uh, and and the last thing you want is uh, is uh, Son sort of charging at you if you if you you know you're feeling a little bit tired. Uh, Son said he felt sorry that Kane didn't score in the game. Oh, isn't that nice? Bored of it. Yeah, nice. bored of the pair of them. Yeah, Kane did have a, a couple of opportunities. They, I mean, the, 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 I was quite enjoyed Son's second goal, Lars, when, yeah. when Kane sort of flicked it on. And, and Son took it down. It was quite Saturday morning Route 1 football. It was. We, we saw two of the three things that makes Kane exceptional, right? He has this weird combination of abilities. First of all, obviously, he's like a world-class finisher mm. and, and shooter of ball. Mm. But, but also this idea that he can both drop deep and yep. play the sort of the quarterback pass. Yes, yes. But he can also, he's also strong and rugged enough you can use him as a target man to, mm. to do flick-ons. I really struggle to think of an example of a player who's got all those three in his locker. It's a very rare set of treble well, of, you, of, of abilities. Rooney did back in the day. Yes. You could say. Yeah. Uh, I, I think as well, it's a similar sort of football intelligence with Kane, isn't it? He, you feel like he thinks faster. Than, a a than combative player, Rooney, but was he really much of an aerial threat, like a target man? Could you whack it up to him? <laughs> and he, I mean, surely that's what Heskey was there for. He should, he, 
<laughs> not for Man United. Well, maybe he should have been. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, Conte said this about Kane, didn't he? Sort of, he's like a number nine and a number mm. ten. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, he obviously would be disappointed he didn't score. But I mean, something you know, with Son playing, it's a bit like with England with Southgate, you know, utilizing <laughs> Sterling in a slightly similar kind of way. You know, it's a very effective. Uh, tactic, but, but there's a philosophical question here: is because Tottenham now actually have won two in a row, yeah. So they're not doing the win, loss, win, loss, win, loss thing. Yeah. Does that mean they're now not unpredictable, uh, more predictable, or does it actually make them more unpredictable? Because they were in a settled sort of. <laughs> Maybe they'll lose two in a row. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, that's I mean the... that would be unfortunate, obviously, because <laughs> <laughs> the next game's next game's against Newcastle. So it's a it's a huge win though, isn't it? For it is. that exact reason, they need to sort of get some stability, and especially to get a win over another team that are fighting for that that fourth spot. It was very important, but I think you flagged it up. The West Ham fatigue looked to me like he was playing a part. Like yeah. Paul, Paul Michael Antonio, like he's played a lot of football this year, and he was like. Again, making a gaming reference, like in a game, if one of those where you have to like feed yourself or your character dies, he's like he's right in the red zone with the, like, yeah. the character isn't running as fast as usual. And, like, you meant... Your screen is sort of blinking. It's like he yeah. needs sustenance. Like thought... Fading Tamagotchi. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say a FIFA reference as in he's he's basically pressing the sprint button, too holding long. the trigger. Yeah. You have to yeah. release it at some point, yeah, yeah. otherwise your players are going to be knackered. Um, uh, Kurt Zuma scored an own goal. Quite pleasingly for, yes, for that's Animal Yes, uh, obviously there. something. There's yeah. been a lot of that this year. The Spurs fans sang, hey, Zuma, leave those cats alone. Yeah. The tune of Pink Floyd's The Wall, which was enjoyable. A fan held a banner that read, Kurt Zuma shags cats. Clearly understood, misunderstood the situation. Well, I, you know, it's any stick to beat, beating with about that, isn't it? I think is what they're going for there. Mm. Um, I quite enjoyed that Hyung Min Son uh, ran into uh, Anthony Taylor on point in the game and then tried to claim a foul at one point. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Ref, uh, you, 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 you need to kind yes. of uh, uh, but West Ham they'd be a bit disappointed but of course still uh, glowing somewhat despite their tiredness from that uh, great win against uh, Sevilla West Ham's best shot surely and most enjoyable route I might add to the Champions League next season is to win the Europa League Lars yeah I think so I, I, I always they're, I'm trying not to sound trying way of not sounding condescending here they're having a great year <laughs> Yeah, well, David, no, David, but, what, no, but, you're, no, you're they've, they've done a really good job. <laughs> they've done so well. No, but you are channeling this. It's just going condescending, no matter how no, I phrase but you're this. No, because you're channeling what sort of Moy said. Because ever Moy, so well, Moy said after the game, "Well, we've had a great week." Yeah. So, no, but you, they're having you know, a great. But by, oh god, I've done it again. <laughs> in, in terms of the finances, in terms of everything around it, when yeah. you compare them to the clubs they're trying to compete with here, totally, yeah. they just don't have the squad depth, no. and it's hard for them to buy the squad depth, mm-hmm. uh, and and so I think. The only way they were going to make top four is if basically their first 11 stayed fit and informed and could play all the games, which I just don't think is physically possible Mm. uh, these days. Um, So they're going to fall away a bit in the league, most likely. But yeah, what what an adventure the Europa League is! Take that super seriously. I mean, yeah. ask Fulham fans. You know, this well, is a kind of memory for 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 decades. Is Indeed. that potentially a problem though? If you think ah, it's it's all right, we don't need to worry about the league so much because we, our plan is to win the Europa League and stay in Europe. Well, no, but I th- way, but... I, I, no, I think it's it's come to the point. You know, we played thirty games. Um, you know, there's there's not that many games left. They've got eight games left. They are on forty eight points. Wolves are beh- two points behind them. The difference in seventh and eighth. It depends on mm. how, how it works out, but I, I wouldn't, you know, I'm not sure about the jeopardy there. Aston Villa are ninth on 36 points. West Ham will finish in the top eight this season, yeah. which is a good season. I know when we're talking about European football, and we'll see because if they get put out in the next round of the Europa, a little bit of a damp squib, you, you, you might say. But I, I actually think now 
to prioritise the Europa League would be a very sensible yes. uh, thing to do. But when you say, but when you say prioritise the Europa League, it's not like you're throwing the towel no, in the league. It, it's more a question if you have two games in a week and you know you have to rest totally. someone for one of them. Yes, exactly. Then a couple of players. Well, you Antonio, rotate. point in case, you know, he's he's a very physical player. <laughs> yes. he makes great runs and he pushes yeah. the defenders back and it gives other players room to play. And he's a very vital uh, uh, player to have in there. If you're going to play against Sevilla, you're going to play 120 minutes against a very canny side. Then you go away to Tottenham Hotspur in a derby. Next time, you might rest him. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Now, I know people say, well, you can't rest him for a derby. Okay, and Moy said himself it was the worst game to come into. But I think for them to start to prioritise the Europa League would, would be quite a sensible thing to do. Um, what they're doing, but that doesn't mean to say they're going to they're gonna throw the towel in, as we say. Um, gentlemen, I'd like to turn our attention to a former Tottenham Hotspur manager, Jose Mourinho. Of course. Who will currently be like the cat that got all the clotted cream because his Roma side beat Lazio 3-0. Roma's biggest derby win since 1999. Massive licks from Mourinho. He yeah. was giving it the big one on, on, on Friday or, or last week. And Jim, 3-0, you've got to hand it to him. You do, you do. His Instagram post was amazing. It was yeah. it was him smiling on the coach on and the way there. And a smug smother. I've really never seen smug, him. Yeah. I didn't know he had that really, range. Yeah, you don't know that he had the smug smile. Yeah, 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 totally. There totally. is no smile in the eyes. Yeah. And then a, a second one <laughs> where he, is, it's just after the game, and it's got the same smug, smug smile. And the, the post was something like, you know, when you know before the game that you've got to win or something like that. Yes, exactly. Like, oh, I love that. I do as but, well. I, he always finds a new... Like troll format. Yeah, it? I know what you mean. Yeah, he's he's, he's pretty creative in that way. Uh, a brace for Tammy Abraham, Lars, uh, becoming the second Englishman to score in the Rome derby. Of course, he's good. Paul he's playing very well. It. Well, he's he's having a phenomenal season. Yeah. He's overtaken. Here's a stat for you people. He's overtaken Gabriel Batistuta and Vincenzo Montella for most goals scored in a debut season for Roma. He's got 23 to his name in yeah. 40 appearances this yeah. season. It's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, he's also another little uh, fact for you. He's the most expensive English player to join an overseas club at oh. 34 million. Mm. But what a season, Lars. Yeah. No, he's doing very well. Mourinho being Mourinho, mm. uh, obviously threw a bit of a wet blanket on it after the game. Well, saying of that, course, Yeah, of course, no, I'd like to see him play with that attitude in every game. And But the thing is, as we much as... We can't have Tammy being no, the story. As here, much Lars. as that is annoying, and it is tempting to make fun of Mourinho... Mm. He kind of does have a point in the sense that with Tammy Abraham, he could get even better. Yes. Because what you're seeing, you know, most games I've seen him play for Roma this season is that he could have scored even more goals because he's physically, he's very good. He's got that really good combination of, of got a good turn of pace, but also strong enough to, to put himself about. That's right. And his movement is clever. So he gets into a lot of really good positions. Mm-hmm. And if he's a little bit, just a tiny bit more clinical, yeah. that number of goals would be sensationally high. So mm-hmm. he's very close to be, being even better. So I can see why Mourinho has actually gone in that direction with it yeah no I, I think that I think that is fair I mean obviously Marina we like to have a laugh with but but Abraham I mean he, you know he, he could be sitting on the bench for Chelsea at the moment obviously with surplus to requirements there I don't think he was even on the bench for the Champions League finals I mean he, he, I'm not sure he's, if he's exactly the, the player they need at the moment well, in this form <laughs> yeah, possibly um, but then you look at the Roma fans chanting his name with the problem and he's getting goals in the, in the, in the derby out there you know, what a move he's had it's working out very very well indeed um, at the end of the first half Roma being 3-0 up of course yes. all the goals came in that first half they were making Ole chance with every pass but Mourinho is visibly furious with this he doesn't like this he spoke about this after game he said uh, I don't like those Ole things I don't like the impact it has on the players who hear it even at the end of the game let alone after 43 minutes I don't like a player interpreting that Ole as a game being finished or yeah. they're putting on a show 
Respect is very important. I mean, this is great. a man who, of course, always respects his opponents. <laughs> Absolutely. He's By never the, done or said anything yeah. disrespectful I mean, that to anyone. Post is a case in respect. Point. It's all about respect. Indeed. Oh, and it's very important that the players know they're not putting on a show here. That's yeah. right. Like, you, you mustn't entertain people not or, you know, the, no joy. So, it's so Mourinho, isn't it? Yeah, the performance was great. My one issue is the fans. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean, did it was he was it a, a mark of respect when they beat Vitesse in the Europa Conference League last week and they and he said, you know, we're playing in Europe and Lazio are at home smoking with Sari. Almost certainly. Yeah, there must be some sort of respect thing. I don't know. I do not know everybody. But uh yes, uh, back to the Premier League though, as I say. So the race for top four, I mean Arsenal we'll come to them in just a sec. Uh looking good, Spurs in there. Manchester United eh, suppose they're still in there but West Ham we think have dropped off and Wolverhampton Wanderers they've, they've had a good season you mm. have to say but um, if there was any hope of them finishing uh, in, in the top four then Leeds United certainly killed it off on Friday night yeah. in a, an incredible comeback uh, I mean well I mean O'Reilly stupid sexy Jesse went mad on the touchline <laughs> did he not? Can I just say and I, I'd like to think I'd have said this even if stupid sexy Jesse was Cambodian or from Estonia or something yeah. This game had enormous MLS energy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, all right. And I say that as someone who's slightly nocturnal, who watches a bit of MLS, mm-hmm. but it's like, you, you, it's in one trade, and then you get a slightly weird refereeing decision, and then it goes completely mad, and you see some really strange goals. Yeah. This this is what you get from, from that league over there, guys. It's, yeah. uh, it, it was tremendous, and... It, you love to see it. Yes. I, I enjoy this. Well, and, and keeping up with uh, with MLS, I mean, uh, Luke Ayling celebrated and said he tried to land a Robbie Keenstyle, the, the former LA Galaxy man. I was surprised to see how many young people on social media who didn't know what that was. Yeah. I saw so many tweets going, oh, lol, what's he done there? And I was like, it's a Robbie Keane. It turns yeah. out the streets do, in fact, forget. They do. Do you think Robbie Keane practiced that? He I like, did it I like the thought of him doing it in his garden, like just to make sure he could absolutely land it every single time. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't that impressive, though. It wasn't like Peter Beagry stuff, was it? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? No, but that no, was but always was the appeal, wasn't it? But that was always the appeal of the Robbie Keane roly roly poly, is that it was slightly rubbish. Yeah, like yeah. compared to like Lua Lua, who was like, like <laughs> yeah, doing all these yeah, yeah, yeah. mad flips everywhere. Yeah, like yeah. his was a little bit like of a. More agile than normal Irish man, but still <laughs> most certainly an Irish man uh, d- doing that sort of flip. I do find it funny, though, when people do these uh, celebrations like Robbie Keane, you think it's, it's not that great, but I suppose it was quite exuberant and quite joyous. Daniel Sturridge was another one, but that yeah. dance, you think, it wasn't even that good. Yeah. Do you think Keane still does it every now and then? No, it's like if he's home alone, feeling a bit wistful, in the back pop out garden. in the garden and go, you know what? I'd like to think I'll he did. I'll give it one more go. I'd like to think he did. Do you know which celebration when you strip away all the PR yeah. and all the stuff is actually the most cringe of them all? Ronaldo's. Yeah, it's by a million oh, yeah, yeah, no, totally, It's yes. totally cringe. Yeah, and everything about the man's They're trying security. so hard to make it a thing, and all his fanboys doing the this mm. of, It is a cringe celebration. Yes, totally, yeah. it's more. terrible. Mm. It's yeah. worse than a Gareth Bale's heart thing. Oh uh, yeah, even worse than that. Mind and then, then the bar is set low. <laughs> a lot of people did the heart celebration though. That wasn't Gareth Bale did it quite a lot as well. Significant cringe. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, uh, yes, uh, Luke Hailing, uh, Back to him though. He was involved in all three goals. Uh, which was quite enjoyable. I mean, they were it was just ridiculous. I mean, never as a sending off like changed the game so yeah. dramatically. From a Wolves point of view, that must be so frustrating. Well, it is two nil up and cruising. Yeah. And uh, did you think it was a sending off? No. Yeah, I didn't think it was either. Yeah, it's a little harsh. I think I just it's a kind of a coming together. I I'd be because it was a second yellow, right? So I think if it was a straight red, that would have been particularly scandalous. It was one of those you. 
it looked like a bad collision at first. And then you watch the replay a couple of times and you think, what's he actually done wrong there? Mm. Like, what exactly has he done that's not, you know, he's allowed to run after the ball, I think. Yeah. And the goalkeeper's kind of inserted himself into the situation. Mm. You're going to get smashed. I quite, I quite like Bruno Large when he was asked about it. And he said it was very strange. <laughs> Excellent choice yeah. of words. Uh, sad scenes as well, though. Uh, Patrick Bamford went off injured early on, looked absolutely devastated. He's like, oh... That's a, that's a, that's a shame uh, to see. Um, so yes. Anyway, um, let's move on to Aston Villa zero, Arsenal one. Uh, Saka with the goal, Jim. Uh, yep. Arsenal looking good for top four. Yeah. Um, still, you know, quite a lot of games to go. Arsenal have got what is it? Ten games left. Yeah, ten games left in the Premier League, which is a quarter of a season. So I'm mm. trying to sort of temper my expectations, but they are doing everything you need to do to um, to you know finish strongly, and um, it's just. It's beautiful to see. It's a, a dogged, dogged performance. You it was say, a dogged performance, yeah. Part. And this, this is it. I think this is what Arteta's getting Arsenal to do. They sort of we touched on it with Liverpool earlier, but like there are a lot of different types of challenges. Different games present different challenges, and you don't know what they are until they're happening. And Arsenal are getting far better at managing that. Yeah, I mean, Villa have been pretty Im- Im- impressive uh, times. I mean, I mean they lost them before they played Arsenal. But I mean, you know, with with old uh, you know Coutinho buzzing around and forward mm. players and so on, they've been they've been among the goals. So Arsenal to go there and get a clean sheet is quite impressive. Yeah. But the manner of performance, as you say, was 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 pretty good. I mean, what would you think of Arsenal at the moment, um, Lars? Because you know they have the top three are the top three, despite mm. Chelsea was going on. So if Arsenal can cement fourth position, I, mean, I think it's pretty impressive. Yeah, I've been impressed with this run. Uh, Jim will be even more familiar with them, but I, I am. I feel like they're ahead of schedule. Yes. I think they had a big transitional summer, a lot of players out, a lot of young players in. And I know people were very angry when they lost a couple of games early on in the season. But, you know, you've signed, you've recruited young. You've mm-hmm. made the squad younger, which I think you had to do. Mm-hmm. But it's rational then to think it might take some time before this really gels. Mm-hmm. Uh, for them to put together the kind of run they're on now, not just the run of wins. If you look at the defeats in a weird way, like the way they co- coped with Man City and were very unlucky not to yep. get something from that. I thought, all things considered, they coped very well with Liverpool, mm-hmm. uh, allowing for the fact that I think <laughs> Liverpool and City are no, the of course, yeah, two best teams in the world. I, I I didn't think they'd be this good this soon. I liked their business better than a lot of other people did because I, I really am pretty big on I think making your squad younger is often mm-hmm. very important. Yeah. And it leads to some short term pain. But I, I was I was expecting them to look this like this maybe next year, if you know what I'm saying. Yes, absolutely. And th- that's the fear really, almost. But the youth is uh, is an advantage where you might think there's naturally going to be a little bit of naivety in there. But those players have gelled together so, so well. The mm. partnership's sort of all over the pitch, really. Like Odegaard and Saka, Ben White and Gabriel, Aaron Ramsdale and everyone um, is is really heartening to see. And all they've signed five players in the summer and all of them have gelled well. Now, Lukonga and, and Tavares have not played as much as other players, but they've been useful when they've been, when they've been called upon. And it speaks to the clarity of Arteta's vision, I think. And yeah. The fact that he's been allowed to start building his own team and it's a hugely controversial decision to give Aubameyang to Barcelona for mm. f- essentially for, for free. Yeah. And he doesn't seem to mind being the bad guy when a tough decision needs to be made for the good of this team. And he seems to, you know, more often than not get those decisions right. And people are really starting to sort of warm to him. Even the kind of most vocal, like Arteta out, like mm-hmm. Twitter idiots, um, have, have gone quiet on it where they've been given pause for thought. So it's it's just really hugely positive and encouraging. And yeah, just long may it continue. Do you think they were over-celebrating though? 
Because <laughs> uh, Gagby Agbonlahor is the latest person yeah. to suggest Arsenal. It's amazing. We yeah. may have lost the game, but we didn't celebrate. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, you know, yeah. we still win. Take the victories where you can. He yeah. said it was I may like have they... failed the tests, but I didn't study for it. So yeah. the joke's on you. Agbonlahor said it was like they'd won the Champions League. Yeah. He uh, he subsequently apologized. He did apologize for it, didn't he? And I sort of I do understand because Wolves said the same. I understand players saying that, mm-hmm. and 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 fans, and and obviously Agbonlahor is both a fan and ex-player of Villa. I, understanding the emotion after a game, a team saying that, but like when you see other fans saying it, oh, you say, but look, you want the Champions League. It's like you Arsenal are, are, are in a moment. Clearly, yeah. they're in, they're a team that are, that are gelling. They've come from a. a, a, a just years and years of underachieving, years of mediocrity, years mm. of frustration. If you can't look at that and extrapolate, um, just you, you, if you can't look at that and understand why those fans are celebrating, you're an imbecile. Yeah, the open frankly. the um, open top bus tour around Highbury on Saturday evening was a bit much, though. It was, mm. yeah, but uh, you had a good time. Maybe excessive. <laughs> um, you mentioned Aubameyang uh, a moment earlier. Couple of goals for him in the Classico. Yeah, I see what you're doing. Four 0 I see what you're doing, Marcus. What, I want do you, you see to know what? He, that. Do you see what he's doing? I am <laughs> seeing what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm just going. I'm ignoring it. I thought you said that Gabriel Bonglor has got a few goals in the Classico. I just... <laughs> again, that would surprise me. <laughs> I know Barca are playing well. Yes, exactly. Yeah, Gabby, he retired early. Mm. Um, but yeah, Barca, lovely old, uh, lovely old job. If you would like more Arsenal chat, everybody, then Andy and Jim went along to the Emirates and the pub on Wednesday night last week for Arsenal's Clash versus Liverpool and recorded a very special At The Match episode which you can catch today on Football Ramble Presents. Mm. Jim, is it worth uh, our, our time? It absolutely is. It's Obviously, it's a great show. It's, a, it's really interesting to hear shows made at matches and it was a privilege to do it. It was uh, Even though Arsenal lost the game, it was, it was really fun to sort of go down there with Andy and talk him through my sort of match-going mm. routine. Um, so, yeah, I've had a bit of shit on Twitter because um, yeah. I said London's good. Yeah. Um, but are you reclaiming happens, the sourdough? I, I am. You got to. You got to reclaim. It. I I worry about with the rising cost of living that affects us here as well, mm. and even people who can afford to live in Islington, I think, are feeling it. So I do wonder if we have to, you know, downgrade those digs. Like the banter has to be readjusted. It's no <laughs> yeah. longer sort of uh, you eat sourdough and drink Merlot. It'll be like. Uh, you keep the heating on when yeah. you leave the house. <laughs> like, uh, you have hot showers for longer than 90 seconds. <laughs> Someone's uh, up to date with their rent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone's not under threat of eviction. <laughs> We've all got the same 24 hours in a day, so just work harder. Oh, all right, Jimmo. Uh, right, yeah, so get that on uh, Football Ramble Presents, as we say. Gentlemen, I'd like to end today's pod uh, talk of another derby. Uh, from far away. It was in Argentina. It was Rosario versus Newell's old boys, Marcelo Bielsa's old team. It was delayed on Sunday after, and I quote, a number of grenades <laughs> had been thrown onto the pitch by fans. It's not ideal. That blew is that holes. Lost in translation, or is it? No, no, that blew holes in the playing surface. Yeah. Newell's won 1 0. Yeah. If I feel like it's been a while since we had an update from South America, and this one has not disappointed. Well, there we are. Uh, we, we, we wanted to wait for an explosive update, and my goodness, mm. we found that. Yeah. So they took it down to the trenches, which, of course, uh, were created by those grenades uh, mm. uh, pre match. Marcelo's old boys. Uh, but they did win 1 0. So. But of course, it, it doesn't really suit. I mean, it's not playing style appropriate. Marcello Bielsa, a Marcello Bielsa team would really struggle to play football in a pitch that's been puckered by grenades. <laughs> Whereas I think for Big Sam, this could be a real... I mean, I'm surprised... (laughs) 
Big Sam. I mean, next time, Big yeah. Sam. I mean, Get the grenades on the pitch, boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sammy Lee's taking notes. <laughs> Handing him the <Yeah>. grenade. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy Lee's lobbing grenade after grenade. Hey, don't uh, worry, boss. Play ticky-tacky on that one, you <laughs> It's it's kind of unfathomable, isn't it? Like it's it's a top flight game. Yeah. Imagine like it like imagine that happening at like Norwich. No, it's not going to happen. Blew I, up the pitch. Well, no, to so- be fair, you could have picked a different Premier League side than Norwich. But, but any Premier League, they're throwing grenades on the pitch but, markers. It doesn't. That, you wouldn't the, get it at the, the London choice of team, isn't there? You wouldn't get it at the London Stadium because, of course, of the running track or the you know you wouldn't be able to get it. Well, that, if you've got no, a good, I think Sammy Lee could could chuck a grenade a fair fair distance. Yeah. And then you'd had Keys and Greg going, yeah, of course, you know, Sam Aldice, he is an innovator, you know, people yeah. say he's old fashioned, but no one had really thought of throwing grenades onto the field yeah. a bit before. Um, so that's new. There we are, everybody. Thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble, part of the ACAST Creator Network on tomorrow's show. Jim, you're back with Kate and Luke. Yep. Lovely. Mm, lovely times. Uh, well, until then, Jim, thank you very much. You're welcome. Lars Sivertson, a pleasure as always. My good thank friend. you for having me, Marcus. Oh, I've had a good time. Um, we've had a good time. I hope you've had a good time too, listeners. Uh, we'll see you very, very soon. You'll see Jim tomorrow. It's half an hour. The Football Ramble is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 